The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Wastelanders, Vault Dwellers, welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast. Sorry for being a little bit late this week, but we decided due to certain living situations that we are going to shift the live uh, recording time of the show from Monday nights to now Thursdays during the day. So I apologize for those of you who have been looking for an episode and haven't gotten a new one yet. Don't worry. This is this is the new episode for this week. It's just coming out a little bit later. And um, I also apologize for those of you who were trying to view the show on on Monday night and couldn't find it. Um, I'm sorry that we won't be doing that on Monday nights anymore. We're going to be doing this uh, for at least the time being on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. So those of you who don't normally get a chance to tune in might be able to get a chance to tune in. So there you go. Um, but you know, of course, if you if you miss the live show, there's always other ways to watch. So, so anyway, just so everybody knows, it is now Thursdays at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome. Uh, I'm your host, Tom or Robots, and this is Lainey, my co-host. Lainey, how's it going? Neos Pandora. It's going good. It's going good. It's weird doing this on a Thursday. My week feels all. All mixed up <laughs> yeah it, it is it is a little bit different um it, but yep yep and we have another question in chat is elder scrolls lorecast staying thursday yes so thursdays will now actually be three different shows 2 2 p.m is the fallout lorecast 9 p.m is the elder scrolls lorecast and then 10 30 right after the elder scrolls lorecast is the dungeons and dragons lorecast so there'll be three shows on thursday so you can kind of hang out with us during, you know, a very large section of the day. So <laughs> it'll be nice. It'll be kind of nice to kind of group it all together and get it all done. But uh, g- good to hear that you're doing well. We are both. Uh, I hope everybody out there dealing with all of the weather stuff going on is doing OK. I, I know that there's a lot of problems across the country, especially in Texas, but other places as well. I was talking to Lotus of Doom, who does the Elder Scrolls Lorecast with me, and he hasn't had running water for four days, and he's up in like the Boston area. And man, is this storm is kicking everyone's butts. We're doing fine. We live down in Florida, and Florida is like this weird anomaly with the rest of the country in that it's been like 80 degrees out. So mm-hmm. we're fine. Um, but you know, I, I hope everyone else is okay. And in the spirit of that. Um, Chad, uh, Chad Fallout 76 podcast, the, the, the creator of the podcast, Ken, who is one of our co-hosts on the Fallout Hub show that we do together, is um, he's resurrecting Fallout for Hope, which was a thing we did back in December in order to uh, raise money for for children for St. Jude's. And due to the situation, he is now raising money through the Fallout for Hope for people in need because of the winter storms. So in the spirit of that, any of the shows we do today, if you if you subscribe on on Twitch, if you donate any money, if you uh, send any bits, any of that stuff that you guys donate to the show today will go specifically to help those in need. And, you know, this may be something that we do more than just today, but it's starting today. So whether it's this show or one of the later shows, if you decide to contribute in any way to our podcast, then that will that will go 
towards supporting people. So our hearts go out to a lot of people. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later in the show. But today, this week, we are talking more about Raiders. So this has been we've this has been almost like Raider Month. We've talked about the, uh, the Raider, month. Raider Month. Yeah, we talked about <laughs> Blood Eagles. We talked talked about um, oh, what's his name? I just watched uh, <laughs> Beckett. I want to say Beckett? Decker <laughs> because I just watched. Um, uh, Blade Runner again, and that ek 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 sound. Uh, my brain truncates words. It's like I have a compression system in my brain, like I'm a robot or something. I don't know, um, but yeah. Anyway, Beckett, like you're a robot or like, something. Like I'm, I, maybe that's why I'm called robots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a robot. Okay, buddy, but we're not talking about you. Okay, I'll go away again. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so. Anyway, we've been talking lots of Raiders. Today we're talking about the Crater Raiders, the one of the two main factions in the Wastelanders update to Fallout 76. We won't be going into too much in the way of spoilers for the storyline. We're going to give you more of a background as to who they are, what they're about, kind of what they're like. And in, in some ways, the area they live in and why that is such a really cool location and pretty unique when it comes to Fallout games. So, Lainey, let's go ahead and kick this off. What, what are we talking about today? Alrighty. Um, today, we, I mean, you've kind of summarized it. <laughs> We're talking about the Raiders. We, uh, I mean, I guess we can start out from a little synopsis of what the environment is like. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's, everybody everybody knows what yeah. Raiders are like, right? We've, we've talked about Raiders. They're, they're kind of, you know, live by their own rules, don't care about anybody else, so do what they need to do. Kill people on site sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they negotiate. They're kind of the wild cards of the wasteland. They certainly are. Um, it's funny. They're a wild card that you can bet on. <laughs> they're probably anywhere you're going to go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, well, we're talking about the crater, the crater raiders. I don't know if there's a better way to say that. And the crater itself is interesting. This is a location in Appalachia where... Um, it is a crater, a crater that was created after the war because the Valiant One, which was a it's American space station, kind of like the International Space Station, uh, but this one, of course, is just fictional. Uh, the idea is that it was in space and because of the lack of maintenance, because, uh, well, we all know why. <laughs> it crashed back down to Earth and created a crater and had debris and wreckage everywhere, kind of in a similar way that... Um, you know how in Fallout 3, Megaton is like built out of uh, wreckage. Remains of a yeah, it, wreckage it looks like port. it's just broken down parts of things. Yeah, right. The, yeah. So Crater is very similarly built. It's decorated with uh, Raider decorations, you know, heads on spikes. That, yeah, yes, that kind of stuff. You know, right. Um, but at its core, this is the wreckage of a space station. Yeah. And a now, station. station Oh, go ahead. I, I want. I've, I've got some thoughts. I want to chime in on this when when you get when you get a minute. I don't want to go too far because I want to talk about the space station. But keep going. Oh yeah. So this is about the space station. Station still. Um, it's a really cool design for the space station, and it's definitely something that you have probably seen in other science fiction before. But this idea of a space station. Space station. I cannot get that out. Space that, station. Um, space station. That. Um, is it has like a, a central part and then like a circle around it, right? And um, 
the this design is a classic sci-fi space station design. It comes from the 1950s, where I can't remember who it created this initial design, but the goal was to create some kind of space craft that could go into orbit and spin, and the um, the shape and then the spin together would create an artificial gravity, so you could be in mm-hmm. it and walk around like normal, right? Yeah, like um, centrifugal really force. Cool the the idea is yeah. that um, any spinning object will uh, the force will be pulled to the ends of that. Like so, think of like a wheel, like a spinning wheel. The the force is now pulled outward to the ends of the spinning wheel, so that if you were walking around the outside of the wheel then you would be feeling a downward force because of the mm-hmm. movement of the wheel spinning um, so that you could constantly walk around the very outside. Well, imagine your head facing the hub, right? And your feet down facing the the wheel part. So you could walk around the outside of the wheel and feel like there was gravity because that's one of the big questions. It's one of the things we see in sci-fi movies all the time. Like all of a sudden in Star Wars, they dock in a space station, they get out and there's gravity. Like, how does that work? Right. Nobody's ever explained how that. Well, maybe they have, but I haven't heard a good explanation for how that works in many sci fi movies. It's just like, well, now they have artificial gravity. That's just a thing that they do. Right. And it's like, we don't know how that works. (laughs) Like, We can't make that happen. Now, using real physics, you can create a spinning wheel to create a simulation of gravity. And if the wheel is big enough and it's spinning at a certain rate, then the gravity can match something like what you would feel on Earth. So mm-hmm. that's that's the concept behind this, which is actually a really yeah, cool idea. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and it, I mean, clearly other people thought this was a cool idea, too. Like I said, it was invented in the 1950s. This, I don't know, the first real concept design of this kind of spacecraft was invented in the 1950s. But in 1975, NASA started uh, actually looking into it and seeing if they would be able to create a craft like this, right? Create a space station like this. It would be really cool if you could get it to work. Then, you know, it would, I don't know. That's pretty legendary. The idea that you could create a, an area in space that you go to that also has its own gravity. Yeah. It's you would also constantly cool. be walking uphill. That's true. I mean, because the inside the of the curve of yeah. the wheel would be like, you'd constantly be feeling like you were walking uphill. That would be so weird. So you could actually say, when I was your age, I walked uphill both ways to school. If you lived on a space station. If you lived on a rotating space station. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty funny. But yeah, obviously, um, we do not have this space station in our skies. We cannot see it uh, because it doesn't exist. So NASA, as far as I'm aware, is no longer working on this project. Uh, It wasn't even begun. It was literally just lightly looked into theoretical yeah yeah um which i'm sure lots of stuff like this is (laughs) you know i'm sure there's plenty of ideas that nasa has that they're like this would be super cool and then never comes to fruition oh yeah right oh yeah i'm sure um but this is a cool idea to include in the game and it's interesting that they turned it into more than just oh this cool wreckage from this fun thing we created it became part of the landscape it became part of um it became a part of a settlement, right? Yeah. Which is super so, awesome. So this is one another one of those things that we will never get to experience again is the wreckage without the raiders in it. Unless, of course, the raiders mm-hmm. leave, but then they're going to leave their, you know, their effects on on the actual wreckage in the, the, the area. Um, so if you logged into the game in the first year before the Wastelanders update, you would come across the, 
you know, this structure is just sticking out of the wasteland and then pieces of it all over the place. And you could also find things like, um, like spacesuits and stuff in this location. But now if you head to that same location, it's been reassembled and dismantled and, you know, moved around and is now specifically a base. So you're never going to see it exactly the way it was a year ago, which is really cool because things keep updating. But we've talked about that before. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Actually, and that's a good point. I mean, we talked about that last episode, this whole episode and right. Lots of our episodes connect. I feel like the entirety of this episode today is really interesting because we're going to be pulling from lots of things that we've talked to you pretty recent talked to you talked about pretty recently uh which is really cool so i'm excited to like get through all of this there's lots of callbacks to things even in recent episodes but even there's stuff from the cryptid ones that we'll touch on a little bit very exciting yeah (laughs) um so yeah so i mean that's pretty much it about the space station unless you wanted to add anything else no i think that's i think that's pretty good yeah so um it was not originally a raider camp, like you said. So it makes you wonder, well, the raiders have been around for a while. Where were they before they were there? Um, and as we know, the, the wasteland has gone through a few phases at this point, at the point that you as a player are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time before the Scorched Plague even existed. And during that time, the raiders lived in camps all over the place. In fact, the camps that they used to live in are the same ones that the Blood Eagles then uh, claimed for their own later on because these raiders ran away because the scorch plague happened and it was basically you get out of there or you die right um the responders didn't make it through the scorch plague the brotherhood of steel didn't make it through the scorch plague like it is rough so the fact that these raiders were like we need to get out of here like of course they did um so they you know they skedaddled and decided to oh decided to come on back time sorry (laughs) um they decided to come back when they heard that the dwellers in vault 76 were going to be reclaiming the wasteland they decided that this new influx of people would make the area safer and right you're better you're better suited to survive in numbers um i guess other than for necessities like food but imagine you're going against these weird culty zombies that are burning from the inside <laughs> culty <heard> zombies <laughs> culty burning zombie things culty burning zombie things that's, that's what i need that's to really call them now are. that's what that's they're what pretty, i'll call them yeah pretty creepy mm-hmm. um yeah so imagine like of course <laughs> when i stream it i call know. them grumpers grumpers yeah because they're so grumpy they're like yeah and then then they shoot at you every time they're just on site they're just so grumpy i mean i guess if you were burning from inside you'd be kind of grumpy too so you can't blame them yeah (laughs) i get heartburn once and i'm like i'm dying (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's imagine imagine heartburn time like times like a hundred that's what they're going through yeah yeah i'd go crazy too for sure um so yeah so after they moved out the blood eagles moved into their camps and then eventually they moved back in because they deemed it safe enough Uh, but of course they couldn't move back into their camps because they have been claimed by the blood eagles so they had to find a new place to go and when i talk about raiders i'm talking about pretty much all of the raiders in this area except for the blood eagles there were five bands of raiders that were existing in the area before the blood eagles came in um, that were living separately, right, in their own camps. And I'm going to, you know, summarize them real quick. Yeah, yeah, um, let's go through them, because we haven't talked about yeah. these groups specifically before. 
Yeah, so like let's I mean this is the radio episode. Let's dive on in. Um a few of these we have mentioned, so this is really fun. So uh the first one that I want to talk about is the cutthroats. They are responsible for the Christmas flood. We talked about this in the responders episode. Mm-hmm. Um when people started getting uh frustrated that the responders weren't able to provide all of the aid that they said they might be able to, right? They stopped they started running out of resources, things got tight, people got angry, and they joined up with, I believe his name is David Thorpe, right? And he was that sounds crazy right. yeah. yes. leader, very uh, sociopathic sounding, where he, um, I guess, was charismatic enough that he got these people to follow underneath him and then decided that he would lead them to basically destroy Charleston. Um, and they destroyed the dam yeah. and yeah. flooded everything on christmas right. and it's very yeah. terrible yeah that that is the one the responders. right that we did talk about them yeah yeah and yeah. and the fact that they're called cutthroats <laughs> that always makes me think of uh pirates yeah like i want them to be like our we 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 <laughs> we flooded your town we broke the dam our our little yeah. hook they've got little hooks <laughs> Just little um, hooks, not not regular size hooks. Little not hooks. just little ones. <laughs> it's like one finger worth of hook. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's that's the first band of raiders. So obviously those are uh, they're a ray of sunshine, and then you <laughs> have the gourmands, and I think this is my favorite one because it ties into the cryptids. And I talked about this when we talked about the Wendigo episode, mm-hmm. where um, this literally is where the backstory comes from for the Wendigo within the Fallout seventy six games, where there was a cannibalistic group. Um, it, I did some more research, some more digging. It doesn't sound like they were all cannibals, but the Germans were interesting. They definitely <laughs> didn't really view people like people, if that makes sense. Like they were like, these are all individuals with their own lives. They like yeah. saw them and they were like, we will use people as whatever they really needed to. They ate people. They used human flesh as currency. Some pretty weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were, you know, they that's the whole Wendigo thing, right? It's like there are people living uh, greedily, right? They wanted material goods and they wanted to eat people, I guess, is the synopsis there. And their ex-leader, Morris Stevens, was particularly cannibalistic, I guess, and was a little too much for them. And they decided that they were going to exile him. And he went um, into exile into the Wendigo cave where he then becomes the first Wendigo. Which is super fun and interesting, and you can run into him in the game. Um, but that's the Gourmands. So, so far we have the Christmas Flood Cutthroats. We have the Wendigo Gourmand guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when we're just getting started. We have the Blackwater Bandits. Which, again, who, sounds like pirates. Arr. It also sounds like pirates. They're uh, really into stealth. So this group is like... They, they function stealthily. Um, they've reportedly stolen from the Brotherhood of Steel armory without getting caught, which is pretty crazy. Uh, so these are some talented robbers, burglars. I don't yeah, thieves, thieves, thieves. burglars. They, 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 they burgle. Thief. Yeah, they're they good burgle. at bur- they're good at burgling. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they're they're pretty good at that. They used to be based inside a mine, and there was this big tragedy. They actually have way less members than they used to because they were messing with equi- equipment and someone started a or opened a radiation link and it killed and ghoulified most of their members. Dun, dun, dun. So 
how like a bunch of their people got wiped out a bunch of their people got became ghouls got became that's words they got became ghouls that's what happens that, that is the proper <laughs> that is the proper verb for the ghoulification oh, got yes. became yeah you got became yeah. a ghoul fallout take notes at least done. at least in west, <laughs> west virginia <laughs> dave chaffins is gonna yell at me um <laughs> god became a ghoul god became oh no <laughs> so so yeah so we have cutthroats gormons blackwater bandits we have the diehards the diehards this, this is the group where so, they all look like bruce willis basically <laughs> yep so this is a this group is cool they're a pacifist group or at least they intended to be um they're a pacifist group. They're against killing innocents, right? They want to do the raider things. They'll kill people if they attack them first. But mostly they just want to steal things. They just want to survive. They want to get in, get out, right? No big bloodshed. No big bloodshed. I can't talk today. No, no big bloodshed. No bi only <laughs> no little bloodshed. No big bloodshed. Only a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> only a reasonable amount of bloodshed, right? Yeah. Um, yeah one group only has little hooks. They only have little bloodshed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and right, so a little bloodshed, that doesn't sound too shabby, except for uh, if you say that you're a pacifist raider group and that's your whole gimmick, people are going to walk all over you. You're not going to be a very good raider. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of like saying, like, <laughs> we're raiders, but we're the nice ones. Like, the other yeah. raiders are going to be like, what? <laughs> No. Right? Yeah. right? And people thought they were dumb too. They would go to steal from people and they'd just be like, what are you going to do about it? Like, right. no, you can't see our stuff. What are you going to do? Kill us? No. Are you, are you okay. going to little wound me? <laughs> You're just going to poke me a little bit. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So they ended up killing anyway because this obviously didn't work out. And they didn't like it. It was very much just, you know, do not kill unless you have to. But sometimes they could not get anything otherwise. Um, but for the most part, killing just indiscriminately was against the rules. And so it should not happen. And this is important because the diehards will come up later. The last group that we have is the Trappers. This is our fifth group. And they're pretty cool. Um, if you've done any of the stuff in the game with Rose, you might be a little familiar with them. Mm -hmm. um, the Trappers specialize in explosives. And they frequently use explosive bait. Um, they would often use this against dogs. And so if you think about mutant hounds or any like the blood eagles, for example, have their. Um, what are they called? Yep. I want to say scoundrels. That's not what it is. Scoundrels. <laughs> the, the, the dogs the, that they like, train? The dogs, like the mangy dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't Why know. did the words? I don't know. I, I can't think of the name. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, but yeah, so they would they would get other dogs with this, right? With the bait. You could also use them against Yao Guai or any other kinds of crazy wasteland creatures, which is cool. So they, you know, I really like that all of these raiders really bring something new to the table. And what's super cool about that, in my opinion, is that they all went from living separately, right? They were all kind of competing with each other to now working together at the crater. They've mm -hmm. all joined up. And what's super cool about all five of these groups joining up is that now you get a little bit of experience from all of them, right? You have all of these people working together. Mm -hmm. You have people who can plan crazy operations like destroying a dam. You have people who are cannibals, question mark. You have people who are really stealthy. You have people who are wimpy 
Raiders. Well, at least people who are people who let's let's just let's let's (laughs) if we flip that around, we have you have people you have people who understand the value of negotiation rather than just rushing in and killing people. I think that's probably the way that you could you could say that. Um, Also, (laughs) you have two thirds of them are pirates and one or I'm sorry, two fifths of them are pirates and one fifth of them look like Bruce Willis. So there's that. It's pretty crazy. That's some cool character design, Bethesda. That's some cool character design. Really, really <laughs> They're all clones from... of the diehards. They're all clones of Bruce Willis. They're all just walking yeah. around. Um, cool. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of yeah. neat that you have all these different groups coming together, and it it helps it's explain so cool. it. It, it kind of paints a more full picture of the characters that you meet later when playing through the quest line and the mm-hmm. things that they're capable of and their abilities and their backgrounds and stuff. Yeah, and I think definitely, um, well, in I think in the world of raiders, right? These people all used to compete with each other, and now the Blood Eagles have come in, and the Blood Eagles are a force to be reckoned with. And I think that the five of these bands, or what is left of them at least, coming together, and then their competition just being the Blood Eagles is like much more uh, evenly matched. Can you imagine if you were five totally separate? raider groups that were all like kind of struggling because the scorch plague happened and maybe your friends all died from a radiation leak and then the blood eagles come in yeah and now they're drugging all of you like oh yeah no. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, I can see that, that there would be a lot of competition there between the between yeah. those two groups for sure yeah. um so yeah so these five groups came together and obviously somehow they had to figure out who was going to be in charge. And I think this is really interesting um, who ended up becoming the leader, but we can get to that in a minute. I, I see okay. that we may want to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, 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 let's uh, hint, hint that a little bit. This is a good, <laughs> good time for our, our mid break. Um, but yeah, when we get back, we're going to talk about the leadership of the group and her connection to the previous gang that she was in and, and more about that. Also, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the fallout for hope stuff and some of what's going on in the game this week. All right, let's move on to the middle of the show. All right. So everybody knows how VPN services and express VPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using express VPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So, If you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash falloutlore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash falloutlore. expressvpn.com slash falloutlore to learn more. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. All right. This is the part of the show where we get to thank our patrons. You guys are amazing. Thank you to all of our patrons, 
all 53 of you now. Holy moly. We're That's still so sitting above $500 a month, which means we got we got to stay there for a few months and then I'll be able to get my tattoo. Uh, also, kind of want the pandemic to chill out a little bit before I sit in a, you know, get a needle in my body next to a stranger because that doesn't seem like the most, I don't know, best way to not to avoid covid anyway but thank you thank you to our patrons you guys are are the best and especially thank you to our four tier five patrons who get a call at every week amelia r justin s matt b and zemnis nightwolf or zemnis nightwolf thank you guys you guys are especially amazing but everybody is super cool we're coming up on the middle of the month we're just past the middle of the month we're coming up on the end of the month we will still be doing our patron chat episode on a monday night that's going to stay the same based on what i saw from the group that we we chatted with uh, earlier and that means that the last monday night of the month is the 22nd which is coming up in just a few days so if you want to join us you have the opportunity now still to get in there and sign up for tier four patron uh and um if you are a tier four patron already Feel free to jump into the discord and start talking about what we might want to discuss on Monday, the 22nd, and we'll figure it out. We'll, you know, we've got some ideas tossing around in there. There are, but give your thoughts, share what you think would be cool to talk about. We'll, we'll determine a topic and we'll, we'll chat with you guys on this coming Monday. Um, otherwise, if you're interested in helping to support the show and getting some cool stuff like ad free episodes, episodes early the extended versions of the episodes where we chat with everybody after the show, all of that stuff. Check out patreon.com slash lorecast for more info. All right. Thanks again to everybody. And let's move on to the rest of the show. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. So, Lainey, we left off Hello. with the leader of the group. Who is that? Her name is Meg Groberg. What a what a name! Groberg. There's a lot of G's in that name. Mm-hmm. Meg Groberg. This lady is an interesting lady. I think that she is a really interesting pick for the leader of these raiders, and this is because she was a previous member of the Diehards, right? That is the pacifist group, uh, which makes you think maybe, oh, maybe she's who they picked because she's not hot headed and. I don't know. Whatever the reasoning may be uh, is not the reasoning because this woman was part of the diehards, but hated them. (laughs) She wanted to kill everyone and they would not let her. And so she would do it anyway and would get in trouble all the time for just murdering people when her whole group was like, hey, don't murder people, you know, natural born leader. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. You had one job, you know, (laughs) I I don't, it's so funny. Meg, you did it again. Why did you have to murder everyone? I know, guys. Sorry. 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 (laughs) Just a a chronic murderer. (laughs) I slipped. Chronic murdering syndrome. (laughs) Oopsie daisy. (laughs) Here I go killing again. Oh, man. But yeah, so she's just uh, something special. Um. And I'm going to talk about Meg a little bit because she has a really interesting story. I'm not going to dive into all of it because if you play the game, you do get to meet her and talk to her. Um, But she has an interesting backstory. When she was a kid, uh, her mom took her own life because she didn't want to deal with the wasteland. She didn't want to deal with 
the world, the new world, you know, the way it was. And she had this young daughter and just uh, left her basically to fend for herself. So Meg grew up alone in the wasteland, not really knowing what to do, which is interesting. It's interesting that she ended up falling into the diehards and interesting that she had so much bloodlust in the diehards. I feel like there must be more going on there, although I imagine that probably the mom thing is trauma enough. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a good it's a good reason for (laughs) being kind of upset at the world and angry and and, uh, doing things without thinking fully through it. You know, for sure. That's anybody who goes through something like that. it's, It's a tough situation. Yeah, you're going to have a rough time, especially in the world in that state, right? Yeah. This is after the war. This is the wasteland as we know it. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I also think that she's um, a cool character. So I I definitely think that she uh, has her flaws. No doubt. Sure. I think that she's kind of cool because um, she... What she learned from her mom passing was essentially that, like, if she's going to live in this world, she wants to live it by her own rules. She wants to be in charge of her destiny. She wants to make the choices that she wants to make. She carried herself through from her childhood to adulthood, right, on her own, basically, figured out what she was doing. And now she's the leader of five combined raider groups. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Like, she really did the whole, like you know, start from the bottom. Now we're here. The whole thing. Pulled her up, and pulled herself up from her bootstraps. Yeah. 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 In a pretty dark, sad way, but like, it's cool. She's a cool character. She's very driven. Um, and I guess if I, if I put that into the equation, I do see why she might make a good leader. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to know why they chose her though. It just makes me want like, there's so, you have to imagine all of these groups probably had their own leaders. I don't think that she was even even the leader of the diehards, right? Yeah, because she was going against the rules. I can imagine that she she once you meet everybody else, um, and there's a lot of just unknown raiders who are just walking around the compound and stuff. Right. But once you meet all the named characters, you get a sense that the people who are left are very unique in their own ways. They're all kind of unique and, and focused on the things that they're focused on, and she is. It kind of I don't I don't know the best way to explain it. She is somebody who has a sense of the bigger picture. I think that's probably the way to put it. The fact that she just doesn't kill you on sight is also interesting being, Mm -hmm. you know, she is obviously violent and willing to kill. But at the same time, she she negotiates she negotiates she has kind of this mob boss kind of quality to her. Yeah. Where she says things like. She calls you seven, six in the game. She's like, all right, seven, six. Tell me why I shouldn't blow your brains out right now. You know, like that kind of stuff. She gives you a chance to explain yourself and she goes, all right, I don't like it. Seven, six, and I don't trust you, but here's what I'm going to do. You know, that kind of thing where Mm -hmm. she seems not to, she seems calculated. I think that's probably the best way to put it. She's not the kind of person who just, some raiders just seem crazy, right? They're just like, ah, get out of my base. I'm going to shoot you right now. Boom, 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 boom. And they don't think things through. She thinks things through. She's calculated. She looks at the bigger picture. She also, um, she seems to really know the other people in the group well, if that makes sense. She, she has, she kind of keeps her finger on the pulse of what's going on 
in the group. So I, I can see that with those traits combined, you could be the kind of person who could use that to your advantage to rise in power. I also mm-hmm. think that when it comes to raider groups, it's not necessary. I mean, it's not like a democratic society. It's really whoever rises to the top is the one who is the most ruthless and the most calculating. Right. So either you're the most ruthless and it's some sort of crazy situation where you're just absolutely terrible and everybody fears you and gets underneath you or you're calculating. You manage to pit your adversaries against each other. You manage to kind of understand the full picture and organize it in a way that it works out best for you. I think she's more of that second one. Yeah, I have to agree. Um and it's just, you know, just adding all of that to the equation is so neat. And I think it just goes to show the kinds of characters that Fallout has in it and just the kinds of stories that it's telling. You know, they really do think about it. These are fully fleshed out characters. And it's unfortunate that we don't get more stories for all of them. I think that is part of the drawback of having so many different kinds of characters and things going on. Um, but it's fun to speculate, right? It's fun to think about okay, what do we know about these characters? You know, literally what we're doing here right now is awesome. It's cool that the game can provide the kind of entertainment and information that makes you want to do that. Yeah. And and this is, um, you know, the, the Wastelanders update was their first foray into bringing uh, human NPCs into the game with their own backstories mm-hmm. and things. And they they repopulated the wasteland with a lot of people like they brought back the overseer. They brought back, you know, the creator raiders. They brought back, uh, NPCs that could live at your camp, had their own stories, you know, people like Beckett, the settlers at foundation, the foundation settlers. So there's, and then, um, in pretty short order after that brought in the brotherhood and the brotherhood returned. So there's a lot of story going on among all of those characters, their background and what's going on moving forward. And having talked with um, some of the people at Bethesda, they they think through all of this stuff. They spend a lot of time. The amount of stuff that we actually get in the game is kind of the tip of the iceberg compared to the stuff that they know about the characters and what's going on underneath the surface. So I wouldn't be surprised that sometime this year we get some sort of other big update to the stories and to the characters. And who knows when that'll be. But whatever that next update is we get a sense of more of what's going on and more of a continuation. And some of these characters get fleshed out more. The other thing that's really cool about development in the process like this is that it's not just all packed into a game and then released like something like fallout four or Fallout three or new Vegas or whatever. This is a continuing story and based on, and I've talked about this uh, a little bit really early on in the show, this idea that, we all get to be co-creators in this and this happens even more in a live service game like fallout 76 than it does in something that's a pre-packaged game and my point here is that they get to see what things resonate with the community they get to see what things the community is connecting to which characters the community is drawn to which characters they want to know more about those kinds of things and that can then inform the developers on what stories they should be telling next Do we want to get more Brotherhood stories? Do we want to know more about the Crater Raiders? Do we want more background on these people? Do do we want to learn more about the vaults and, you know, whatever, or the cult of the Mothman? Like they get to respond in near real time, you know, at least in as real time as development gets and being able to determine what stories are we're going to get to see next based on what things seem to be popular, you know, and not just what things seem to be popular, but what things people are 
creating more content around. And I can come at this from the perspective of a content creator. We just we just brought on three new fallout shows into the, Ro the Robots Radio Rocket Club, three new fallout shows, and they're all about different things. They're, you know, the Enclave, the Mistress of Mysteries, and then uh, some people in Appalachia and more common general survival of, of those people in Appalachia. But m my point here is that by looking at the content that people are making, you also get a sense of like what people are interested in learning more about. Where do they want to get more information? What things would be cool? Um, and then potentially the community can even influence the developers with concepts for stories or story arcs and those kinds of things, you know, because the developers listen and they they look, they, they enjoy the content too. They're, they're watching the things that we're making and in some ways, those things are going to affect them on what they're going to be delivering or how they're going to be delivering or maybe even incorporating the types of characters and stories from our stories into the game. I mean, that could potentially happen. So there's a lot going on there. And I think that we're, we're again, just seeing the very tip of the iceberg when it comes to a lot of the stuff that we will eventually know about the world of Fallout 76 and Appalachia. It's kind of a very long love, roundabout way of saying that, but <laughs> I think no, you guys get the idea. I think it was great. Yeah. I think that it would be really cool in the future. And I'm sure that they will uh, for whatever, you know, the next big update comes or whatever to have these characters. And I'm thinking, you know, still thinking about Meg to, for example, like if we had, um, I don't know, just quests in the future where like, Right. The more that you have these characters and obviously because time is progressing, you can have things happen in their interpersonal relationships that you see in the future. Right. It's possible that Meg and the leader of the settlers, or whatever, maybe they don't actually interact that much. But maybe in the next update or something, we'll have some crazy quests where you have to deal with something between them. And like you get to see these relationships between characters grow over time. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. um, and I would love to like just get to dive into all of this. I think it's so interesting to have all these characters that have very emotionally charged backgrounds and stories um, all together like this. It's something that you don't really see that often from. I don't know. I feel like Fallout has a lot of other stuff it also focuses on. Most games that include characters like that usually like that is the focus right they're telling the story of the character but fallout has so many characters with so many different crazy backgrounds some really interesting some really tragic you know so on and so forth and getting to see them grow in kind of real time kind of is really cool um and i like the idea of seeing where that goes in the future a lot yeah 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 well said so i guess we'll have to just see where that goes in the future oh thanks for um thanks for Putting all the notes together again, Lainey. This has been very cool. Um, let's move on to the rest of the stuff we were going to talk about on this episode. Um, first and foremost, the I mentioned this before, people across the country are having issues. So any money donated, any subscriptions, any bits, anything like that that happens during any of my shows today will be going to support people in need. And that includes some of the developers. There is a Bethesda studio down in Texas and... A number of the people at that studio have been uh, affected and are dealing with power outages and leaked pipes and lack of water, all sorts of terrible things. And they put out a statement recently saying, hey, everybody, this is a very serious thing and this is going to delay the next update. 
coming out for Fallout 76. So please be patient with us. So so please be patient with them. <laughs> this is this is a life or death kind of thing for some of these people. And even if it isn't a life or death issue, it, it is a absolutely get in the way of living your life kind of issue. So please send your send your well wishes, your your warm thoughts, what, whatever you can do. And if you can financially donate, please do so. There are organizations out there that are helping people. Um, if you look up uh, the Chad Fall 76 podcasts on Twitter, they are putting together a, um, you know, uh, I guess they have a, a system for raising money on this stuff. I haven't looked into the details yet, but every $500 goes to helping um, some set of people be able to have warmth and shelter and the things that they might need during these storms. So um, check that stuff out. Uh, if anybody has any links, I'm, I'm looking it up right now, but if anybody has any specific links to share, go ahead and share those in, in chat. Um, uh, <laughs> Bethesda could reconsider locating to Bethesda, Maryland, its ancestral home. Yeah, they have studios in all sorts of different locations now. They're, they're, so many different groups of people working in different places. So anyway, just wanted to bring that up. Our thoughts are with the team down there and what they're doing. And hopefully the, they will all be safe and get through this. Also, um, in more fun news, this week is Fosnot. 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 Um, which, have you played Fosnot? No. It's a, cra- <laughs> it's a crazy looking word. It looks like Fosnot. It's, it's German, I believe. Lainey, you got to play Fosnot. Okay, so so Fosnot is an event that happens in Fallout 76 this time of year. They also did it during Halloween this last year. And it is the event where everybody goes and lines up and you you uh, get all the robots ready. You, you set up a parade and then the robots have a parade and then you defend the robots from the parade. And then the robots make it all the way around town. They get back to where they started and then some sort of big legendary creature spawns. You kill it and then you burn the effigy of Father Winter or whatever it is. And then everybody gets stuff, including really cool masks. Yeah, Fosnot. I think it's the way it's pronounced. Um, So if you there, there are man, there are so many cool masks. There are common ones. There are ones from previous years. There's rare ones there. They look ridiculous. They're absolutely hilarious for you to run around in the world wearing these big, funny masks. Um, and it happens at the top of every hour. So, you know, like oh. 1 p.m., 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m. So you can do it every hour on the hour. So if it's the kind of thing that you can even just log in, like keep your character there, log in, do the do the event, kill stuff, get the XP, get the new items, get the whatever, and then log off and then do it again and the log off. You can do it as much as you want. So um, and in previous years when I've done this, people have been very, very uh, friendly. I mean, there are some people who go AFK and they just kind of let everyone else kill everything, which is kind of a bummer. But the people who do participate often will share the items they've already gotten before. So That's they're cool. like, oh, I've already got this crazy giant head mask. Does anybody want it? And they put it in the ground and you just go, oh, OK, thank you. So it's it's one of those fun events uh, where everybody can get together and do all sorts of cool things. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. So super fun time to jump into Fallout 76, even if you just want to jump back in just for the event. And it happens all the time. I don't know when it ends. Why is my nose so itchy? I need to stop snorting crack. Um, Somebody's going to somebody's gonna take me serious and be like, you know, that's a really bad thing. You shouldn't do that. Um, uh, Fast. Notch about 76. Let me look it up real quick. It, it will be going to 
Dun, 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 February 22nd. So four more days as of the recording of this. And you guys can pick up a whole bunch of really cool stuff. Uh, plus you get like legendary weapons and all the, you know, all the fun, normal things. So good times. It's good times. Uh, beware. There are some of those creepy frogs. You got to get eggs from the creepy frogs. They're super gross. Oh. I find them. They're yeah, like one gross. of the most gross things in the game to me. Super mutants. We're going to jump on your head. Yeah, the frogs. Yeah, they jump on my head. Nobody, people don't know that story. Laney, they don't know about the frogs. Okay, so I know I have to tell it. Okay, this is going to be, this is going to be us wrapping up the episode. So the frogs jumping on my head story is, my my nose so itchy, is based on the, an apartment that we lived in, uh, like, oh my God, that was like 11 years ago now. Um, We lived in an apartment and in the front of the apartment, there's, there's, you know, like the out, outside facing door. And at that door, there was a light right above the door. Right. And at night, when I would get home at night, the, there was always a frog that would like live up in the corners of like, you know, right above the door. Um, because it like to eat the bugs that were attracted to the light. Right. It was pretty smart frog. Well, the frog would always get scared as I walked up to the door and I would never remember to look for the frog. And then he would jump and it always felt like he was jumping at my head because he was above me and he would just kind of boing. You know how frogs will just like, ah, they just boing. like spaz and they just kind of boing. Yeah, it just it always jumped at my head. And so that became the thing. So every time we get home, I was like, eventually when I got used to it, I was like, please don't jump on my head. Don't jump on my head. Frogs always jumped at me. And it was always my head. It was never other people who were with us. It was me. <laughs> they wanted to get on my head. You don't want frogs on your head. That's gross. So that's gross. And who wants a frog on their head? Stuck yeah, they're sticky frog. and wet looking. Yeah, the frogs are weird. <laughs> frogs are weird. All right. I like frogs. Well, some frogs are cute, but the ones cute. that jump on your head, no good. No good. <laughs> Have you seen? Oh, I sh- it's not even. It doesn't stand out that much. There's a video of this kid where the frog jumps on him, or like he's like trying to like play with it and it jumps on him and he starts like scream crying and then the mom goes up to like try and help him and as soon as the mom like goes close to the frog it jumps on the kid's face it's no but it's very funny (laughs) i have not seen this (laughs) poor kid i kid i can level with you i know what you're feeling (laughs) they really are jumping on heads though it's pretty funny yeah so yeah well that does it for this episode we will be back on the 22nd for our patron episode so join us then that'll be back to the normal time for monday but then other than next week we will be back to our new time thursdays 2 p.m at twitch.tv slash robots radio laney thank you for joining me again father thank you for joining me again <laughs> daughter <laughs> should i just, you, I just, like just call I'm, you daughter like i'm we're gonna switch roles for an episode and i'm gonna be like robots how are you today yeah there you go know. you can host it and then I'll, I'll be the the expert i'll be the the, ex- to- the topic expert, expert. Uh, there's yeah. like that's that's typically the roles on a show you have the person who drives it and then you have the topic expert person and both people will you know, generally know what they're talking about but like oh sure that's why that's what creates <laughs> oh, the balance right. of the content um also saying daughter makes me think of the song by pearl jam and then i want to do my eddie vetter impression but i'm not i'm going to save that for the extra stuff after the show all right guys thank you for joining us <laughs> this has devolved into craziness like it it sometimes does uh yeah yeah don't get any frogs on your head and be nice to people that don't kill them because maybe that'll make you the leader of the raiders i don't know how that works all right that's not exactly what happened at all all right we'll talk to you later have a good one see you later bye 
plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. All right, chat. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for hanging out. It's good to have everybody here. Um, I hope you're able to join us uh, regularly at this time after next week. That would be cool. Um, yeah. What, what did I say I was going to? I just started thinking about other things. What was I going to say for, for the after show? Your impression. My, oh, yeah. Don't call me daughter. I fear too. <laughs> yeah, that's. Wait, that's can, you do, can you do like Nixon from Futurama where you like. You know, he like, he does that thing. Yeah. Where he shakes this. That's also, that's also, you also do that. You got to shake your cheeks a little bit when you do Murlocs from World of Warcraft. You go. That was good. Yeah. It's funny. Honestly, actually from you doing that, every time that I play uh, Hearthstone and a Murloc comes up, I literally am like, haha, my dad. (laughs) (laughs) My dad makes Murloc sounds. (laughs) It also does Eddie Vedder. Yeah, that's the part from uh, <laughs> Jeremy Spoken last day. That's part of the song. That's what he does. <laughs> you hear Jar Jar? Oh, yeah, Jar Jar does kind of do that too, doesn't he? Ugh, oh, let's yeah. not talk about Jar Jar. <laughs> Murlocs are much more entertaining than Jar Jar. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Chat, what are you guys up to the rest of the day? Laney, what are you doing? You doing any streams today? I know you've got like a like beginning of the week, end of the week schedule thing going on. Yeah, so tomorrow I'm doing Minecraft. Minecraft? Nope, not Thursday. Today's Thursday. Saturday I'm doing Hearthstone. Do, does anyone else when they hear Minecraft think Mein Kampf? What? Like Hitler's book. Mein Kampf. Minecraft. Oh, I didn't know that book existed until like a month ago. What? What school yeah, did you go to? What the heck? I know what school you went to, but why? How did you not learn that? I have no idea. Although now that I really think about it, we did not talk about Hitler like any year of my schooling ever. He's such an important part of like yeah 20th century just, history. They're like Nazis. What are those? Just went right through it. Maybe mm-hmm. I was just listening. I just forgot that. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Hey Neko, Neko Mata. Um, yeah, you, you missed the show, but yeah, we're doing this now on Thursdays at two. Next week we'll be back to Monday because we have our patrons, but the regular time for the show will now be Thursdays at two p.m. on on this channel right here. I was going to say on Thursdays, but that wouldn't that was redundant, so I had to come up with something that made it sound not redundant, but then it just sounded sounded obvious. Wait, where's Buddy Bot? Bring me the Buddy Bot. I have a gift. Yes. Would you like a pizza? Yeah! You have pizza? pizza. I want pizza! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the pizza. <laughs> I'm not so happy now. Thanks. How did you get pizza? I, I got pizza earlier. Where did you get pizza from? That was my leftover pizza. From Marco's Pizza, we have a... It's called a white cheesy pizza. It has... Um, it has cheese? Yeah, it, and, the name is misleading. It's and it has like white cheese. Cheese and ham and tomatoes. Well, I'm white, and so when I eat it, it is not part of me, and so that doesn't make any sense. Cheesy pizza. It's a. It's a. Wait, can you eat it if you're? I'm. I'm not white. 
Can I eat it? You just fed it to me. Yeah, unfortunately, you eat it and then Im- immediately you're gentrified. It's oh, no. Yeah, this yeah, sounds like a terrible way to market your pizza to just like <laughs> one. <laughs> That's horrible. Marco, okay, Marco's Pizza, we do not mean to, to imply that you're racist in any way. Please do not sue the show. We'll say nice things about you. Oh my God. You become what you eat. You are what you eat. Um, it turns you into a white person? <laughs> turns you into a That's, white person. Now, now we're now we're talking some Cthulhu, whatever that like Cthulhu show was. Have you seen that? The Cthulhu show? The uh, what was it? Uh, what's it called? It came out uh, a few months ago with um Cthulhu show. You know what I'm talking about? The uh 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 Lovecraft Lovecraft Country Lovecraft Country. I don't know nothing about it, but that's yeah or county. Is it county or country? Yeah. Crazy I show, crazy, sh- crazy show, Cthulhu esque types of. I played lots of like creepy Cthulhu stuff. games. Yeah, I haven't watched any. Cthulhu but there's shows. there's magic in it where people can change what color they are, and they actually take on like other people's bodies, and then they like break out of them, and all the flesh goes Ugh. gross. Yeah, it's it's ca- country. I think it's country. Yeah. Anyway, country. really really interesting show. Super weird. Some plot holes, but. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, which it doesn't have plot holes, but yeah. uh, overall, very, very cool. Um, also, really interesting look on uh, Black America in the 1950s and the things that they went through from their perspective in a very like for all the fantasy stuff that's in the in it, like monsters and magic and all that kind of stuff. That part of it very grounded in reality and that's also r- really disturbing if you you know are somebody who doesn't really plug into that culture and the things and difficulties of having to live in America in the 1950s as a black person. Um, so yeah. very enlightening, uh, you know, and makes you understand more about people who might be different from you, which is always Have a good you, thing to do. Did you watch the Umbrella Academy? No, I haven't. It's good. It's not like uh, incredible, I guess, but it's it's good. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I think my uncle recommended it to, to me when it first came out, because he was like, Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance made a graphic novel and now it's a TV show. And I was like, oh, well, I have to watch it because my <laughs> sweet, sweet man, Gerard Way, <laughs> wrote it. You mean it's not about Resident <laughs> Evil? <laughs> the Umbrella, wasn't it the Umbrella Corporation in Resident Evil? Oh, Lainey disappeared again. She's coming back. I'm back. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so I, I didn't watch it, though. And CJ. <laughs> so I didn't watch it and I have nothing second. else to say about it. <laughs> and was like have you seen this and i was like no but i've i've wanted to so i finally have watched it i'm so bad about watching tv shows but i finally watched it and i don't think we're done with the second season but it was good i bring it up because it's also about like um basically like kids with superpowers and they grow up and their dad was terrible mm. and their mom was a robot and like some other stuff and oh and have- their mom was a robot and their mom was a robot. Their dad was terrible, and their mom was a robot. Oh, what do you mean I can have kids? And then there's some like, uh. <laughs> and well, they're not actually their parents. There's a lot of there's a lot of things happening. Let me. I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll give you the premise of the first episode. First episode, a bunch of women all over the country all give birth at the same time. None of them were pregnant beforehand. It's just all of a sudden a baby pops out. That's no good. Unpleasant. But all these babies, uh 
have superpowers basically and this man this very he's like eccentric but broody i guess is his whole thing and he's old but he's a scientist or whatever he does Mm -hmm. and he goes and he adopts like seven of the kids or six seven of them and some number some number and then like basically just raises them but raises them to be superheroes pretty much um and has is not like emotionally attached to them at all so very problematic um and then he dies when they are older and they've all like moved on you know they're living their own lives and they all come back together because he dies and they're trying to figure stuff out and then of course it goes on from there and then it's like the end of the world and then there's time travel and then it's all crazy stuff but at one point they go to the 1950s i think Mm -hmm. it's the 50s And it also, there's a, one of the characters, one of the children, um, was, or is a black woman, right? So most of them, I'm pretty sure most of the children are all white. No, that's not even true. Actually, it's a pretty diverse cast. Um, but there's a black woman and her story is that she can like, basically like tell you to do something and you will do it or like forget it or whatever, right? Like she'll, she can uh, command you by talking to you. Right. Um, and she becomes part of like this, like movement basically right against segregation and stuff which is super interesting mm-hmm. um but she doesn't want to use her power it's like a whole thing where she's like should you use your power to do things for good or is that still overstepping the boundary or like you know it's interesting yeah. um it's pretty cool cool okay yeah maybe we'll check it out that's a long roundabout way to be like this maybe, one maybe thing it's kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh Nekamata thinks it's the 60s in the 60s yeah okay. yeah it's, right. it, was, it was the 60s actually because yeah. it's um there's a part where one of them his name's klaus he's like everyone's favorite character in the show and he can talk to dead people right and one of the one of their siblings is dead so like they're always together because he's the only one that can talk to him mm-hmm. and klaus like um <laughs> accidentally starts a cult basically in the 60s <laughs> oops and he like uses quotes from early 2000s like pop songs and stuff to like as his like scripture (laughs) and so um for example last episode when i was like don't go chasing waterfalls whatever it was on my mind because one of the things that he says he's like don't go chasing waterfalls stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to (laughs) just using quotes from popular songs (laughs) yeah it's so funny but he starts the whole cult (laughs) don't call me daughter not fit to. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh. All right. Well, that was a, that was a good callback to my Eddie better. All right. I got to get going. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. I will be back later at 9 p.m. for the Elder Scrolls Lorecast and then 1030 for the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. It is a robots radio kind of day. Um, and Lainey, thank you for joining me again. Have a good rest of your day. Oh, I will. And chat, thank, thank you. you for being here. It's good to see everybody. I haven't been able to stream as much lately, but it's it's good to see everyone. Thank you for stopping in. And uh, hopefully I'll see you again later today. Awesome. Have a good, wonderful, good, wonderful. Have a good, wonderful day. I'm talking like, I'm talking like you. You've infected my brain. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See ya. <laughs>